0: Cover to cover open book. I'm your host producer Nina Serrano with another segment of my Poet to Poet series. Today's guest is Alameda Poet Laureate Mary Rudge. Mary is a highly active and prolific poet. Last year, on one Poet to Poet program, she read to us from her book of poems on Ireland for St. Patrick's Day. On another, she discussed the life of Jack London and his deep connection to the black intellectual community of Oakland, California, based on her original research and a series of articles published in the Post newspapers. On other programs over the years, she has shared poems based on her spiritual quests that illuminate our daily realities from homelessness to our ever-present wars. Today, I invited Mary Rudge to speak about a group of her books that I have recently encountered and to share a selection of those poems with us. These poems chronicle some of her world travels, often as part of an arts delegation for peace. I also learned of yet another forthcoming book on Sri Lanka, but that is yet another program. It's a great pleasure to welcome my sister poet and friend, Mary Rudge, Poet Laureate of Alameda. Welcome, Mary, to Cover to Cover. (laughs) Thank you, Nina. It's a pleasure to be here again. In reading your poems, I find some strong themes coming through our sensual selves and spiritual journeys.
1: Nina, you're so right. I've always felt that many of my poems have to do with our transcendent nature. They come out of our search for transcendence. You've written a lot of
0: poems right after natural disasters, floods, hurricanes, tsunamis. And you, like many poets, have used your work to raise money for the victims. Will you read us the most recent poem you've written on this
1: theme? I'll be happy to read it. It's called On the Way to Transfiguration. The flood to tsunami, earthquake, hurricane came, and she was not a survivor. She did know sewerage, rust, mold, crushed fallen buildings, cars and homes, family treasures turned to debris, wrecked computers, broken disks, old medicines, machinery. Poisons, garbage, bones, dead things congealed together, reeking, smoldering in piles tall as a great wall. There were news reports she was not a survivor invisible atoms and cells transparent yet luminous regrouped formed with around what had been was her she was with a trillion flowers that once and yet lived every flower that grew and deep wild fields of buffalo formerly dead kittens played creatures once extinct roamed free tulips bloomed in her heart She moved in what she knew as running, dancing to music once played, sounding ever in space, and love words once heard filled her being still. Trees, their cut marks healed, drowned men with dropped guns, peacetime sailors, people who lived a billion years ago in all their shapes of eyes and colors of skin and length of hair, far as the eye could see, laughed. She was able to hold them, hug them close, even though they had been on another side of the world. She knew their names. How beautiful it was to be forever, cosmos, in the skies and stars. In this process, on the way to transfiguration, ice on mountains, sun on rivers, fish in streams, butterflies lighting on the hand, birds, eggs nest. Though she was one with the dying screams and the devastation of neighborhood nation. When the flood came, the tornado, cyclone, hurricane, earthquake came, even more. And though she was not of any of this statistics recorded, a survivor.
0: You have just heard Mary Rudge reading her own poem. Mary, your books are also about travel and how healing you have found travel.
1: Well, you know, if you live in the Bay Area, you don't really have to go anywhere. Everybody comes, the world comes to you. We're we're a community of people from other places. I wrote a little book, obscure, <laughs> called um, Far Out, Trekking on Telegraph Avenue.
0: Well, maybe we'll recognize some of the places in those poems.
1: All right. I'd like to read uh, some short poems from that book. Where is it? Where is it? Uh,
0: While Mary looks for that book, maybe she'll read us another poem in the meantime.
1: Okay. I'd like to really... Racing for <laughs> Yeah. Oh good. Okay. You don't need to this is called a shopper. You don't need to fly thousands of miles spending thousands of dollars to be for you might be lost in the souk as I was and find yourself led through encampments of people who lived underground in a tunnel like earthen cave in Morocco, with roofs so low that no one could stand upright. Lit only thy campfires along the darkness. This, on what I knew was a bright sunny day, I walked bent over to fit under the low dirt roof, following the child who undertook to lead me through the groups of people squatted in the dirt in the dark, cooking their meal on open fires and laughing. But I knew I could disappear forever. It happened to others. The child really tried to care and led on Though so we exited on the wrong side of the entire market, and I was totally separated from anyone familiar. But glad to see daylight and suddenly be with another tourist couple who shared their guide, who could speak English. And we went back to the center of the shops in spices, shadowy under variegated cloth. And there my group sat on pillows, calmly eating from enormous bowls of food with their fingers. Come in, girl. You need to go no further than Telegraph Avenue, Berkeley. You will not be misled. To buy something here is an exotic travel among the pillows and incense. The people passing through with erotic eyes. The layers of clothes, the necklaces, mirrors, and silver belts. Jewel rings that circle the navel. The dressing rooms like Moroccan tents in this shop. in another shop... This is about the shopkeeper. Under lapis lazuli's world is Van Gogh's sky in Amsterdam, far from refugee camps of Afghanistan, far from soil red wet by blood of rebel, far from even the pointed mountains at an outdoor cafe table under that sky with my long hippie hair long ago when such things mattered, I was just there in that painted green chair wondering why I was when he said, I think what you are looking for is love. I followed him to California, finally, Berkeley. I can't explain how I came so far or what I didn't know I was looking for. It was not so much lapis lazuli eyes or the swirl of excitement and beauty in the sky or memory I carry of what once was, but a way of being. Like others, working from city to city, connecting, connecting exile to exile, creating the place we could live within us. Collecting the colors, the whole like a painter's dream. Yes, there is love. Many kinds, many colors, many places. I am surrounded by swirl of beautiful things. For every gathered skirt, hand embroidered shirt you buy here, someone in a far land, in refugee camp, eats... This is a sort of loosely put together poem from a narrative by the man who was the shopkeeper. He came when he was 16. He followed uh, a, a girl here. And, of course, he, like many of the other shopkeepers, used their money to help people in the country that they came from. In fact, I knew a woman who gave Seventy percent of everything she made, she sent back to the Philippines. She was the sole support of that village. The sole support. They had no money. They were, they were leaves. And they couldn't go into town because the leaves would split. And so they grew their food, and, and that's it. So she sent money. And this is called In the Restaurant. In the restaurant, he tells me my mother is 75 years old. My father left us when I was two years old. There were seven children. My mother washed clothes and washed clothes, coughing into the river. She is dying of TB. I send the money for her hospital. My father also is dying. After all these years, he found me by letter to say he is sorry. No one cares unless they're family. There has to be someone. Though I never knew him, I send him money too for the cancer because I know how it is to be abandoned. And I can't be like the one who abandoned my mother, my brothers, and sisters and me. A church council sponsored me. I came for the education before school and after school in this restaurant. I'm washing my way as my mother did. It's possible to wash dishes supporting poems in dreams until we wash through in our own heart's place with our hands clean. Any kid on the street trying to live off of the sidewalk who has abandoned life where someone could love him, where he could learn to give love, I at least give soup to, or bread when they ask, they are poor. As I never was. You have just heard
0: Mary Rudge reading from her book Far Out Trekking on Telegraph Avenue, her own poems. Thank you, Mary, for those poems. I noticed that in the books that you wrote in other countries when you traveled with your arts performance group, uh, that People said to you, oh, this is what America looks like, noting that the U.S. is a nation of immigrants when they looked at your group. Could you read any of the poems and talk about that experience?
1: Actually, in other countries, a lot of people look the same, and they're not used to seeing a a mixed group with diversity like the group, the performance group that I would go with. And so we had, you know, someone Chinese, Chinese. Uh, a couple of people who are african American people from Portugal that uh all came together to travel together and so people said so that's what America looks like. Oh, you eat together, sleep together you know in your travels, share hotel rooms, and this is uh it works it works and so I think that's a wonderful thing that we Go to other countries and we learn about love and diversity. Actually, we learn in Sri Lanka, I really learned a lot about loving animals because you walk down the path and here, here are little monkeys on this side and here, here, here comes the elephant. And I, I have a love song to elephants, so I'd like to read that. Is that all right? Oh, please <laughs> do. I love them. Thick, prehistoric legs All that are left of dinosaurs, I love them. Trunks that are hugs of a boa constrictor made harmless. I love them. Every sparse long hair, a black orchid stem, every massive tooth a sculpture, a marble carving, Though they understand only 65 of my words and speak to me like lightning-sprinkled thunder, I learn a hundred endearing possible ways they tell me things. How they love the water to roll and spray and loll, coming to be scrubbed with coconuts on their rough accordion-fold skin. How their big ears rival the palm leaves as adornment. You can write of swan necks, pearl teeth, jewel-ringed separate toes, but I still love them. I love them most, those huge holed elephants, opening a space for themselves by size in the universe wherever they walk. I think when I write in Sri Lanka that my poems had more of a rolling a sensuous sound because everything there is so sensuous. The wind on your skin, the dampness, the sound of the leaves swishing in the rain. Every day there was some type of rain. It would be blue rain or green rain. It was a gorgeous place and the evenings were amber. You, you just, you didn't see it you were it you lived in it you were in all of this light it was so beautiful so that book is coming out very soon it's uh, called fire walking tour of sri lanka and it has my journal in it it's sort of a spiritual journal which i love to write about as my spiritual condition um could you like to hear a poem that i wrote about bali yes okay it's another type of transcendent poem. It's called For the Child Dancers of Bali. We have prepared you. We have stretched and massaged the tendons until the body is double-jointed, twice remarkably blessed. Dressed, you in cloth of gold, gilded leather, leather and frangipani. In medals and headdresses weighed in pounds, we have pounded, but gently, the flesh Postured the bones, trained eyes to their glances, taught chin to lilt, the lips to immobily set. We painted your skin luminous and perfumed you. Our hands have held each of your bones and have over and over moved them into instruments of ritual. And now we set you before us to music of carillon and drum, to sounding of gong and breath. Reminded by gesture of hand, a look, a movement of lip. You are our feast, our poem, our own creation. Ancient Chinese bound the little girl's feet so the woman could not move alone. The Mayan elongated foreheads by binding a board to the bone. Some surgeon slipped skillful knife in, changing the shape of skin skin some cultures scar and tattoo always this urge to transcend pursuing the dream you move a direction we choose for you you are our art we have moved your body so it becomes the beat of our heart before you were seven years old we completed our task we attached gilt wings to your arms and said fly or dance We have prepared you for the gods. You just heard Mary Rudge
0: reading her original work. Do you have another poem from those series of
1: travels? Well, (laughs) yes, because I was traveling all my life. Actually, I'm a descendant of immigrants who had to come here, too, from another country. And they, too, were looking for a transcendence because they felt in their own country that they would... They would hate, they would kill, they would rebel, they were had a price on their head for leading uprisings against a the king. They were from Ireland, but they didn't tell, so um, I didn't really know about my own ancestors. I guess they were still sort of hiding out, thinking they might be tracked to this country. So I went back to Ireland, this is sort of my own immigration background story, and um, I felt compelled to to try to learn more about what what my heritage would have been and so so I I didn't find out anything it was too difficult to find out about my family because they had destroyed the records but I I learned to love Ireland and I was so happy that I was there and I realized that that, you know, that immigration was this way of transcendence, getting a new start and searching for redemption from repression and angers and things that we consider evil, getting away from cruelty, getting out of mental states and the mistakes we've experienced. And me, me too. I left uh, a very racially regional uh, area to come to California and stay here because you were from uh the south very yeah yeah very much i lived actually 21 places when i was growing up but but when i i found myself in in this particular um small small town in the piney woods where you know i felt culturally deprived i i felt how wonderful to be able to get away and so since then i've been to um, five continents to so many countries, I can hardly name them. Could I read you something about Taiwan? Oh, please do. Okay. I've been there five times and to mainland China several times. There's a great comparison between the two countries. But um this one, I, I really enjoy Taiwan so much. They're so open. Taiwan, I won't take home your heron wing fans. Not a purse with a kit fox head clasp, snakeskin belts, headhunter tribes with tattooed cheeks, aborigines sharing the island with Chinese. Goodbye. City cafes with melons and new grass on tables, tiles brush painted, scrolls of far gold temples on the walls tea that makes a heart pulse warm all day steaming wet cloths for our hands and faces chopsticks dipped in the shared dish sea worm and duck's feet delicacies moon lantern at the door goodbye now for me or cement streets where races meet assimilate and exotic will be in national geographics in the library or on tv In intense conversations at cafes or on the telephone or even oral sounds, I understand. I'm home, thinking I'm happy, still when slow inspiration comes between awake and dream, our sudden poems flash unexpectedly, I'm caught in wondering at meaning being between far strange places, dreaming of each other.
0: That's lovely. That's Mary Rudge reading from her own poetry.
1: Do you have another poem from another country? I actually would like to read a poem about Ireland, um, because one of the things of, about Ireland, people have to work on themselves really hard there. They're, they love to talk, and they love to laugh, and I love them very much, but um, they, they they are producing a lot of saints, as you know that. That's through through their history. They have um, always been a history of a little island of saints, like um, uh, St. Saint Patrick whom we talked about before, who supposedly rid Ireland of snakes. But there were no snakes. Ireland talks in metaphors. They had slavery. He went to rid the island of slavery because he had been captured and taken there as a child, as a slave. And had He was 14. And then he managed to get away. And after he got away, he... Um, He studied religion. He didn't have a religion, and then he became a priest, and he came back to rid the island of slavery. So here is a man who, in Ireland, tried to rid himself of his addiction. He was a slave to alcohol, and he died on the sidewalk. So um, they put a, a plaque there where he died because they found on his body that he had wrapped himself in a chain and wore this under his clothes and they saw the scars of the chain and they realized, they found out later that he tightened this chain around himself every time he needed, felt like he needed a drink to remind himself that he wasn't going to be a slave to his addiction. So this is called Lines for a Sidewalk Sanctified where Matt Talbot died. On this ordinary place where anyone can walk sanctified by pain and faith in this path of holy you matt talbot of the sidewalk can lead us the chain scars wrapping your body showed how you bounded against cravings bound it to yourself and god In the rosary, a link of prayer beads on a chain, these were the strengths you could claim. You pit your slight self with the power of prayer, strength of spirit against the centuries of what medicine, science, sociology, psychology, knowledge of the human brain could claim about addiction that the body craves and craves again against its will for the love of God and your own sake and the poor mother so hard-pressed to find food out of thin air to feed you when all you had belonged to drink, all you earned from hard labor was given, your pawned vest and coat and boots, pledge away of next week's wage for a now swallow, just the wee swallow, then the jar full, desperate captive, unable to think free, needing that drink. For her sake and your salvation, you wrapped yourself in chains, drug them on your body through life, vowing to never again be any other prisoner but that of love of God except the body, God's perfect gift, to return to God wrapped as a gift, falling in your chains on the sidewalk, but happy, free. This is your legacy to all us little people that are so human. Lifetime of hard labor, lifetime of little schooling, lifetime of innocent wonder. It loves, praises that, and beyond lifetime, that other holy mother who clasped you to her by chain of rosary pulled you into heaven and free. Actually, I wrote that with my daughter in mind also because she died three years ago free from alcohol but she had also a life of suffering as well as finally getting free
0: well perhaps this is the perfect moment then for you to read your signature poem that I love so much since we're speaking of your daughter
1: and it's called Blessing and it is truly something that I love to read thank you for asking me Blessing May every place you look, stones become bread. May mangoes and papayas and pineapples fall into your hands. May you feed the hungry and give them flowers. May swallows fly in the winds of your passing and monkeys dance in the path before you. May all people be your family. May singing of small birds in air surround you. May poems always be in your mailbox, coming in to praise you, going out to right wrongs. Remember, you have the blessing of all women before you, combing their hair by the lake, naming all beautiful things after themselves. Remember the women who learned to walk on fire lit your way. Remember the women who breathe fire have blazed your path. Remember the women whose fire burned Pentecostal from forehead and brain transformed your vision. Remember your ancestress, the Temple Dancer. Remember your ancestress, the Queen of the Euphrates. Remember your ancestresses, Esther and Ruth, the mother who bore you, the woman you might have been in another life. Remember the women in chains and whip scars with barbed wire wounds. You are the one whose sisters were buried alive. You are the one whose sister drowned when the river rose, whose sister died of famine and drought. You are the one who worked in the fields of California and slept by the roadsides harassed in the marketplace in a far country sent to Siberia for speaking out, locked up as insane against your will. You are the woman imprisoned in Bernus with clitoris cut in ritual whose husband was chosen for you. You are the woman burned for your dowry. You are the woman whose feet were broken and bound, who could not walk. You are the woman who leaped over walls who leaped into hearts whose heart leaped forward may others embrace and join you may everywhere you walk stones become bread thank
0: you you've just heard mary rudge poet laureate of alameda And if you think you would like to hear more of Mary's poetry, she's going to be reading along with myself and many other wonderful poets on April 30th. We'll all be at the Islamic Cultural Center. And it's a benefit for the victims in Chile and Haiti's earthquakes. And if you would like to join my new class called Share Your Immigration Story... Uh, you can catch that class beginning Monday, April 12th through May 17th at La Peña from 6 to 7:30 p.m. And for more information, call Stagebridge, Stagebridge.org, 444 477 55 This is Benina Serrano. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Eric for engineering. Music.